listening to OK Work, where we bring the shade, the politics, and the couloir. Hi, guys. Bonjour. Hi. Assalamu alaikum. Oh, I'm not sure well, about that. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I think... Wait. Much love, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> shout happy out, e- shout out. Retweet. Happy Eid. Oh, wow. <laughs> Retweet. I think that was problematic. Wow, that, was like, that was like at least a week ago. Yeah, Wait, it was, it was yeah, definitely it was last week. Ago. I remember yeah. sending that message yeah. to someone. <laughs> Eid Mubarak. Mm. To stop. 2.0. <laughs> or we didn't cancel. 2.0. The 2.0 isn't far off. Yeah, we just had the 2.0. I, I, yeah, I know. I know that part. A lot, a lot of Most friends. people don't, girl. Trust I know. Me. But that's why I'm like, when the second one happens, I'm like, wait, do I say it again? Or is this like a y'all Yeah, thing? you say it again. Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I know. Yeah, huh? you're good. We're being uh. inclusive here as a bunch of BIPOC folks, <laughs> evidently. So. We're being really inclusive because if you're white, this is going to be a rough episode for you. I, I, I mean, and as a half white myself, um, Present. <laughs> I, I fully stand behind you this episode. It. I endorse it. For all you white people that keep going, but aren't you half white? Well, guess what? Buffalo Today, bitch. We are. <laughs> um, so, Miss Coco, what's she salty about? Well, I um, went gay camping recently, and it was very interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know if any of you have done this. No. But, nope. uh, uh, yeah, so it was a very, very strange We're both experience. also still black. <laughs> we know we said our white half's coming out, but the black listen, half is still there. I do listen. not. Miss Shea has made it very clear that she will never, ever, ever go camping. Ever. Cottages only. Oh, wow. Mm. I mean, okay, so I'm. I have no comment. Uh, I mean, because it's true. Um, I enjoyed it, but I also had moments where I felt really out of place, which is hilarious because I'm a cis gay man. Um, so this You're place. You're also brown, bitch. Lest we forget. Yeah, and I think I that th- th- it was it was partly that, and it was partly our group was um, the only group at the entire place, at least that I could see, that was. Um, predominantly uh, not white so we were just like you know a group of folks who were um, you know all sorts of different backgrounds all sorts of different genders um, although it is men only but you know a lot of folks who are non-binary um, and outwardly gender non-conforming um, were in our group um, and so immediately when we got there um, it was it was <laughs> It wasn't immediately evident that we weren't, it wasn't that it was explicit that we weren't welcome, but there were a couple of instances where I felt like certain folks there felt like we were kind of, let's say, ruffling feathers. So um, the clientele is predominantly white, predominantly, um, I'd say, maybe 50 plus um, and white. And there were um, instances where we were at this public pool in the campgrounds and um, we very innocently broke a couple of rules unknowingly. One of them was no roughhousing. So a couple of us were um, swimming. And it was really like just the most stereotypically, you know, femme gay roughhousing you could imagine. What was it? Like, what were you doing? Literally, literally limp wristed fucking like slappy splash splash. <laughs> and we were being eyed by these. Not everyone. Most people were, I would say, polite, honestly, um, but did not engage us, mind you. Mm -hmm. So in retrospect, I feel like I use the word polite intentionally. But someone 
publicly in front of everybody in this fucking public pool. We're talking like at least 50 people there shouted at us and and said essentially no roughhousing look at the rules and there's this like list of rules no one else took any issue mind you right and then fast forward maybe an hour and a half most people are gone it's just us and that two those two people and we're now taking a group picture on the just just like on the edge of the pool no one's in the vicinity i kid you not and this person shouts again, no pictures, read the rules. And there's people like outside the pool area who are looking like shouting. Nobody shouted like your mother. Like it, it, it was reminiscent. It scared me. I, I meant like their as mother a former is a lifeguard, oh. all of this <laughs> As a former lifeguard, all of this is bullshit. I'm sorry. N- roughhousing means like someone's drowning. Mm-hmm. If you're going to splash a little water, you're just like, if someone's complaining, you're like, go home. This all person right, did not venue. work there. This person, there was well, no lifeguard. How many were in the group? How That's many the thing. We the were predominantly, house, right. we were predominantly, our group was predominantly folks who were not white. The thing is, is it made me think, because um, uh, later we saw people taking pictures. We saw people taking pictures in the woods where people were naked and fucking, where definitely you could not take pictures. So it made me think, what is it about us? And I think it's it's more than one thing. It's a racial thing. It's a gender thing because many people in our the honestly, actually, the white folks in our group were among the folks who were most femme presenting actually and so i think that they honestly and not i'm not talking about the people you have in mind but there were friends of friends anyways point being is that i the my read of it is that many spaces designated for cis gay men are currently having this weird fucking existential crisis of there are queer folks who are coming to these spaces and who are not abiding by a certain expectation may of gender norms. May I norms. ask you, like, when you say queer, you're being very specific in that language, right? Like yes. You're saying queer. Precisely. Right? We're mm-hmm. there exactly. And uh, like, for example, there were part there there were thematic parties at night, like let's say '80s aerobic. And guess what? Our group was the only group that had um, multiple uh, folks amongst us dressed in very femme clothing and they got many looks and i think that that is um whether i think in the moment we were just honestly we were not even trying to be political but at the moment it's like it felt like the looks kind of got me to think i wonder it's like we unknowingly are pissing people off who are i think so attached to a certain idea of what those spaces are and who they cater to and you know they don't even give a shit whether one individual identifies as a man or not when the space supposedly is exclusively for men but if you present like, a certain it be way like non-women like it says men but is it like for non-women it's 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 for men that's the phrasing Manly men men and it's like it's weird to me because it's like i feel like even as a cis gay man i have to adhere to certain gender norms that even it's it's like how how tight can you draw these boundaries they're very tight boundaries like <coughs> and i feel like i have not weird insight but you know i have friends who are very enmeshed in like this like 
white muscle gay masculinity scene and i will go to circuit parties with them because i will shake ass with them but i'm not there for the crowd and we had recently gone to PV, which I did not know was white gay muscle Cancun until I landed and got <laughs> <laughs> and was trying to buy some tacos. Should have asked me. I I've never been, but yeah, there's this a reason. Literally, when I arrived back, like Miss <laughs> Coco goes, you know, I was little, I was wondering, but I wanted to hear what you had to say. And I'm like, you didn't <laughs> warn a bitch. Well, I had a lot of questions. But it's, it's giving a little racist. <laughs> Giving, giving a little racist. Giving a little setup, but again, my white half is out today, so racism doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, even when you're talking about the femininity, it's like the only time it's okay is if it's from their lens, clearly a quote unquote white mask man or mask man who's muscular almost performing femininity so they can like wear a wig and like mm. kiki haha, but it has to be very clear that underneath. That is not who they embody on their mm. daily basis. Performance. Exactly. Completely. It has to be parody. Yeah, but it's it has not. to be performance. That's why they love drag queens. Right? And that's and that's the whole thing with RuPaul's Drag Race. That's at the moment, the moment that someone is saying that this is how they embody themselves outside of this show, it became a problem. And that's actually how a lot of these people felt until it became trendy. Right? And so when you're describing this, I'm like, as you're talking about, it, I'm like, I'm not shocked. And, you know, even as you're talking about, like, the queerness of it, like, this is something I've even talked to. I'm also to. thinking about the joy of it, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm thinking about you in the pool, and I'm thinking of, like, the, the queerness joy. of the joy. Because yeah. it's not about desirability. It's not it's about not. presentation. And that's what they're not fucking used to, because these white fucking gay men, and not just white gay men, but these people who function so much off of desirability, the moment that somebody comes in a way that's, like, quite embodied, then listen, I don't need to see a white embodied fucking, like, person and need to applaud them every fucking time but that's if that's how someone's embodying themselves and they're in your pool and you're upset because they're not a muscle queen trying to parody that's a problem for me and that's what's happening is that they're antagonizing you without having to do it directly 100%. right so they're trying to enforce rules where i'm just like please i fucking also see your i see you on OnlyFans. like it's it's a, it's it's a very selective application of frankly gender norms um, and it's selective on, uh, you know, a, a partially the basis of race. Um, and it's, it I mean, I feel like partially is oh, being like holy. It's holy. It's like it's well, like there's multiple that, variables, right? like, but I mean, like fair, fair, fair. It's, it's not to say that that is a partial factor, but I think that there's other factors in place too. For example, we were, I think one variable potentially, I can't say with certainty was, we were on average a younger group. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is this rhetoric in those circles of, you know, the tides are sh shifting, that things are changing, that the young and no. I might be wrong. I'm not going to no, die. No, well, sorry, no, you did sorry. name you're, also you're right. Like I just mean no as in like those ideas that they're having is just wrong. Because it, it, the, it is the younger wrong. generations are just reproducing you, it. But yeah, sorry, literally you did also name queer, right? Like queer, radical joy exactly love, exactly yeah. and we're talking about i don't know if i'll say radical because y'all are at a gay camp I mean, I mean radical in that like radical adjacent to like whiteness i suppose so for these for these spaces like do we need more spaces for like cis gay men like well, what like so like gay camping do we need it? Honestly, yeah, exactly. Like for me, I genuinely experience more joy in spaces where that isn't 
it, it just I genuinely find it odd to walk into a space and 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 find this world where that functions on a, a certain type of exclusivity on the pretense that well you know we've had to do this because in the past and i'm like yeah uh th th let's talk about right now and what you're doing because right now in my opinion we're doing more harm than good personally that's what i think um but it's always the arguments that are made are often the, that it, it is uh, those pl spaces exist because of the past, because there was a need for them. And m the reality is that, well, even in the past, yep. folks who are not cis gay men needed spaces, too. Yep. And you excluded them. And I get that society was not so welcoming of you at the time. And maybe you were too busy n thinking selfishly back then because the world treated you differently. But listen. That was bullshit then, but I understand I didn't live through that time. Although right, I did like live in Saudi, wanna, and Saudi so like I mean, like I mean, I can I could pull that card if I need to. Honestly, I'm but like, these are the same fags who I guarantee loved up on Pose. Guarantee right. loved up on Pose. Really, and fifty plus oh, year old? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the way that the white gays loved Pose because it was there, it was like oh my god, I love Vogue, right? <laughs> so I had all these white gays talking about Vogue. And they probably completely missed the point where there was one episode where the character Blanca was trying to get a drink from a white gay bar. And they, they literally physically threw her out and physically violated her. And I'm sure they completely missed the point that that's what they did back then. And that's what they're doing now. Right. But right? also these 100%. like hyper marginalized folks, queer, trans, lesbian, dykes, whatever have you, were the biggest supporters of cis gay men and right? then and then we climbed the ladder and we got we got uh i don't know if a we is a certain oh no like remember i white half well <laughs> i mean i have to acknowledge that i'm a cis gay man listen honestly and listen society basically said okay you could be part of this capital generating machine you're welcome td bank loves you gay men and then a huge chunk of cis gay men were like Okay, White. cool. Love it. White. And, uh, especially the whites, for sure. And it was just like, okay, cool. We're now part of the fucking dominant group. And that's what it is. That's the mentality. And it's like not basically not thinking about community. It's thinking about individuality and thinking about oneself as part of that group and not thinking about, well, who really uplifted me? And what am I? Am I part of a community or am I part of just this really isolated vacuum of cis gay men that is basically deriving pleasure from functioning in this bubble of, frankly, privilege within the LGBT community? You know what I mean? I feel like I have a hard time like looking at you and being like, I know, white I, cis like, gay man. I'm like, like some of this, and I think, I think for me, like, and, not, and I've said this though. before, especially as like a black queer person, I also see the way in which black gay men do perform in these spaces. One and why I've always said, like, I go in with my friends, but in no way do I function within these lenses of a desirability. Because that's like, at the end of the day, what these fucking old ass white gay men are saying is that, like, oh, well, these spaces were created for us to fuck in a forest. That's what it and is. And you're not supposed to be here. 
and I do and think you're it, here, and therefore our desirability feels fucking weird because you've never dealt with your trans misogyny, let alone your just general misogyny. You've never dealt with your anti-fatness. You've never dealt with your anti-blackness. And so here you are acting a fucking damn mess when a bunch of fucking queerdos are just trying to take a damn photo and you can get bodied in a second for your dipshit things that you're saying. You're highlighting that, that whiteness obviously is like a integral part of this. Mm. Um, but I think that I, I think a part of my framing is kind of to highlight the fact that you don't have to be white to participate in it to some degree. And as someone who's white right. adjacent, I do. I use my language very, very intentionally. It's because in there some is still instances, like a hierarchy, like we have one hundred percent. Still a hierarchy, a hierarchy of desirability, a hierarchy of like accessibility. I still exist within as a light skinned person. Right. Totally, and like as an Arab person who's white adjacent. Yes, I'm visibly not white, but at the same time, there are moments where I def definitely experience mm -hmm. some some of the advantages of it as well, and so. I'm very intentional in using language that kind of really reflects that, at least my experience with that kind of world. And I just think it's like it's something we should reflect upon. It's like if people who are in that world and of that of, who really frequent those spaces are almost like uh, mourning, that's how it feels to me. Like they're mourning almost like the loss of something that is fucking exclusionary. White supremacy. Really? Ooh. Transphobia. And transphobia oh. and anti-blackness. Anti like, like, oh my God, you found the forest. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, this forest is meant you, for us. They're like, you read the promos. That's weird. Literally, though. <laughs> and I'm like, can we just think about this? Listen, Richard, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to, but all the blacks are interrupting it. <laughs> if your nickname is Dick, get fucked because you're being annoying. <laughs> and on and that, that note, note <laughs> y'all... It's still summer. I'm not bringing the heat, but child, <laughs> the white gays better buckle in. So I, on Twitter, like many of people, once Tumblr was like, ew, no more porn, made a Twitter porn account. And so I follow quite a few um, black sex workers online. And there was like one day where I saw a bunch of black sex workers literally posting me like, now why am I in it? And I'm like, okay, what are we talking about? And so I click it, and it's a tweet where there's, like, one white gay who would identify with fatness, or who does identify with fatness, retweeting an image of this other, uh, like, another, like, muscle white gay's, like, friend group post. And the, the, the initial one by name, like, Dave's World or Dave um, was being, like, imagine if your friend group looked like this. Again, looked like, as you've seen it, mostly white gays. Like, if I was to glance at it, I would have been like, white gays, maybe. We would have all had commentary. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the campgrounds that I went to? Yeah, exactly. Well, well, but maybe 20 years younger. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Uh, probably not, but. Oh. Um, and so this, like, white gay named Dave, who identifies with the fatness, makes that tweet. And all these muscle queens come down on Dave, being like, fuck you, blah, 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 there's some black people. And if you read the image, you would think that the retweet is actually about um, Dave saying there's no like this is a bunch of muscle queens who are white. Right. And so like when I see the tweet, I'm like, all right, well, I have no problems with that. I just don't know why he feels the need to like retweet this because the subtext is Dave also has a, like thousands of followers as someone who is a white fat, quote unquote. I say quote unquote because I don't know if he identifies as a fat person um, person. And so we're already starting to talk about desirability and we're having fingers pointing. And then Dave decides to <laughs> say 
you know, there's no trans people. There's no fat people. When there's did you say this? Oh, as a retweet. So right. it's because people were starting to be like, oh, like, no. Like I said, like the muscle queens were like, look, like there's a black person there at the back. <laughs> and there's like a few like off whites. Um, not the off whites. <laughs> I call them just about whites, sure, but um, sure. um, oh, whatever. Again, my white side is out, so I solidarity. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so getting fucking canceled after this. Anyway, so um, Dave starts to list off all of the people who weren't included, and then says, "But yeah, also no black people." And that was the moment where a lot of black people, <laughs> a lot of the black circus, uh, sex workers went, "Wait, what?" Like it's like wait hold on a second is it about you're bring it's about us it's not about us wait 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 a damn minute yeah we were used as your point and then you're saying we weren't the point but very clearly we were the point but then you're also being like <laughs> J K L O L but also yeah also L O L yeah you guys exactly and like listen the 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 muscle queens the fucking things that they were saying were really fucked up they're like oh you just wish that you could look like us you're just jealous like oh, someone God. within. This is the thing. These muscle queens think that they all are functioning together. Someone within their group Y'all chat. Y'all bitches all have eating disorders. Let's talk about it. Oh. Let's talk about it. You're all are just anti-fat. Let's talk about it. And then using oh. steroids as gender affirming. Mm. Mm-hmm. And oh. you low-key hate yourselves. Mm-hmm. And then therefore you hate us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're listening to this as a muscle queen, I don't know how the fuck you found us, but welcome. Stop displacing your hatred. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> thank you, Dave, as we're about to get there. Um... And so you have, like, these muscle queens saying really fucked up things. And one of their friends decided to, in this group chat that all these muscle queens had, like, screenshot and share it with Dave. So we all got to see what they were saying on the lows. And it was really fucked up. But what became clear is that black people started getting used as, like, this, like, virtue signaling chip without naming us. Black people literally just being like, how the fuck Fuck we get dragged into here? (laughs) How did we end up here? Like, I thought you whites were fighting, which, again, our white side is out, but we weren't present They're like, and the blacks. Yeah. (laughs) And the, but it was like, it was like, and the blacks, but no blacks. But, like, yeah, I did mean the blacks. And then there were, like, and then one guy was like, I'm black. And it's like, "Mm." But you're in the back. (laughs) You're not only in the back. Also, I had a hard time finding you. I had to look at the hair texture for a second. <laughs> I had to be like, oh, right. Work. Zoom, 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 zoom. Are we? Oh, yeah, I see it in the curl. I can see it. Okay, work. And so for me, like when I was like, I, like you got to imagine, I'm like at home, had just rolled a joint and smoked. And I'm like reading this. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, clearly Dave here was virtue signaling. Clearly Dave does not understand that you exist because this is the thing. You white gays or the white people who are like body paws. And so you don't want to uh, see that you still uh, um, benefit from desirability. That's mm-hmm. the thing that you do or the shit that you say. And then when it's clear that you are still using race as a part of your argument, the moment, the moment that it becomes something that you have to stand up for. So people are naming the fact that like, oh, uh, like they're like these gays are saying, well, the group had like racialized people. And there's one black person. You have no acuity on how to respond to that. And so then you go, well, I don't mean black people. But then you list off trans people, disabled people, fat people. And I'm like, <coughs> Hi. So, um, um, so black people are also yeah. So we are those two, um, uh, but but thanks, I think. And so what I really want to talk about, which I think we've kind of in like very many in different ways, kind of touched on the way that white people love to virtue signal. I think this was a perfect example of it. At the same time that we talk about desirability and the way that people use desirability for their personality and the things that they do. 
So yeah, what do y'all fucking think about this in Dave's world? I I think it's hilarious uh, for one because honestly, if I had like seen the photo, um, just like scrolling, I would have thought the same thing. I've been like, like, where's all the racialized yeah. people? And like, yeah, there but we didn't want to be there, right? I mean, equally, not my bag, not my vibe. <laughs> I would I would not be there. I am also fat, black, and non-binary. So. But Dave said you have to choose one quickly. Uh, uh, <laughs> all those things. Uh, uh, fat. <laughs> Dave said no. Fuck. Uh, mix. So black. Fuck. Okay. Um, would have totally like made the analysis of like you do make your friendships based off of desirability mm-hmm. and. Honestly, suppose it's shared interest. So even if there was like racialized people there, like there's still a shared interest inherently in a way like why you would be the only mixed black person in that group and like still feel okay to like from what I understand from the tweets be like, no, but I was also there like (laughs) you're making yourself the token. It's giving weird. This is not an NGO, bitch. You're not getting paid. (laughs) There's no honorarium. (laughs) There is no honorarium. (laughs) Totally. What I think it goes to the camping thing you were talking about around desirability and like how it was functioning like with with this situation. I'm just like, so all of you are trying to ignore how you weaponize desirability Mm. and benefit from it because like. Let's be real. And we've kind of talked about this in many different ways. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many people who benefit from desirability that if you didn't have that, you're not good at what you do. You're not a good artist. We talk about tattoo artists who are actually not that good. And and, and lean Mm -hmm. into exoticism Mm -hmm. and desirability. They lean into desirability, whether they're white, like they... And but they're not so just white, but like even but they're so good racial ambiguity, Mm -hmm. right? And they're so good at um like again identity politicking around sex positivity where they say well you're sex shaming me and it's just like honestly i'll take the l at this point at the same day you're not as good as you think you are and you're using desirability to advance yourself and which could be fine but then if what you is shut it the lo- fuck but up. what is the adjacent to mm-hmm. like what does it mean for you to engage in this like there is obviously something that you are working against right like the politics of the and you're pushing of people ugly, out. Yeah. The politics of yep. being ugly, mm-hmm. right? And people like, don't want to talk about it, but it's mm-hmm. true. People don't want to talk about it, honestly. And that, that's the thing is that, like, desirability politics is a conversation that people don't want to fucking have. Like, that's what was happening at the campground. Well, that's we're languaging it as, like, pretty privilege. And mm-hmm. it's like, I hate that, well, yeah. you're still kind of naming and, and, and solidifying what you define as desirable, what you define as pretty mm-hmm. and it's privileges but like it also negates all the nuances of desirability and why that exists mm-hmm. and there's a book that like myself and um um rachel have read um around desirability by a person named deshaun harris called the belly of the beast and they talk about anti-fatnesses anti-blackness and there's a lot of y'all and this is why i actually do hate the language of body dysmorphia because it does so like psychiatrize and individualize um where you can be like well i don't feel pretty so therefore i am not pretty and so therefore it's not you calling me out directly because i was having this conversation (laughs) with somebody today where i'm like why is it so bad to call myself ugly but like also i have been diagnosed with um body 
dysmorphia. Well, but I think that's different than like as we see like these white muscle gays who are like, well, I have body dysmorphia or even a lot of people who Mm. we know where we're like, you still benefit from desirability, but you don't want to interact with that. You don't want to investigate that in your body. So you say, well, I feel this way. So therefore I am. And what's great about what Deshaun's work is, is Deshaun says, no, desirability is an entire system. I don't give a fuck how you feel. You're benefiting it from as a white person. You're benefiting it from a person to based on your size, based on your ability in terms of your body, your gender, um, your sexuality and sexual orientation. And so I think when when I was when I read through all of these tweets and saw the responses and saw Dave, I'm just like, so wait, you don't see yourself within this lens of desirability. Well, that's so completely individualized, right? Uh, like I mean, some sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I mean, there were some screenshots that were sent where folks were like well he just hates himself and whatever whatever mm-hmm. the case was that, that was up. that was yeah. uh, that was unkind and mm-hmm. it was yeah um definitely rooted in fat phobia and desirability and all those things equally though an argument could be made like why did he choose to mm-hmm. platform that like what was your motivator mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that this person like hates themselves and in fact they could love themselves and still do that but like you're trying to distance yourself from From that group where it's like in the hierarchy of desirability you still rank on top being fat what kind of even like what kind of fat Mm -hmm. are you right yeah i mean uh, honestly to me it just sounds like it sounds like they're Rachel Dolezaling a little bit in term, but in terms oh. of desirability, honestly. Oh, I don't listen. Doro, I love it. Keep going. Honestly, listen. I don't always feel great about myself, but in the on the ground, when I am in public, you're like I'm my, attractive. My so. experience of my experience of the world is my experience of the world. People's perceptions of me have not a ton to do with how i feel about myself sure maybe i don't exude confidence or whatever but that is a smaller variable than how i am perceived physically and the reality is that statistically men particularly the most of most of what i understand is cis men tend to actually surround themselves with folks they are attracted to one of the biggest predictor Mm -hmm. One of the biggest predictor of who cis men will surround themselves with, and most of the most of this is actually just like pretty established sociological and psychological literature. Or if you just walk down Church Street, where oh. where oh. where whether oh. gay or straight, whether gay or straight, um, cis men will choose if they're straight. Their friends who are women tend to be women they're attracted to. If they're gay, they tend to be men they are attracted to. And that's just literally time and time again. And and so that tells you the desirability is not, it should not be an afterthought. It's not just a new kind of subgenre of politics that we're talking about. It's a legitimate par- like aspect of privilege that people need to consider and really take into account when they're looking at these things. We're also looking at colonialism and white supremacy, right? Like you've set the standard. So like the person who created the tweet, it's mm-hmm. like, well, like that's for people them. Like mm-hmm. y'all created the standard. Don't bring us into it. Don't. Subtly, don't try to subtly bring mm. us to it. And then once your white gays are like, oh, we know what you're talking about. You try to pretend like you didn't know what you were talking about. I didn't know. What do you mean? Mm, I'm innocent. 
<laughs> I wasn't even race. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about it. And then actually, low key, it's like wait, the blacks could thinking? be last on my list. Race like I, drag race. But it's the thing about virtue signaling. It's like the last on your list. Wait now, wait a damn minute. <laughs> so what were you thinking about? Because I know it wasn't disabled people. Let's just be mm-hmm. real. Ain't nobody thinking about disabled you people. Told us it wasn't the black people. <laughs> and apparently, uh, black people can't be disabled. And also, you weren't thinking about trans. And then you had to make a sub note of being like. Well, I can't assume that everybody is cis, but they are like, so then are we talking about passing? Like, what is the conversation here? And I think the defensiveness of addressing desirability comes from the fact, like, when I witnessed those reactions, I'm like, oh, you all know what we're talking about. Like, you know, whether you know the term desirability, you know what we're talking about. And you don't want to admit that whatever portion of your life and your quote unquote success you don't want to admit that a lot of it or some of it is built off of desirability. And like we talked about this with the OnlyFans white gay stars where oh, yeah. over the pandemic, all of these muscle white gays got to opt in to OnlyFans as a means of supporting themselves and financial precarity. And we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Black OnlyFans people who were, ju- who were already existing there or were doing that kind of work were not benefiting in the same way. And so what the part of their, from my eyes, defensiveness is like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. You just don't want to admit that your six-pack abs and the fact that all your white gays follow you, you're able to protect yourself and have a means. And listen, he's virtue signaling, mm. but he's still signaling to something that you don't want to address, and that's a part of the response. And at the same time, he doesn't want to address it because he's pointing it at you. I think also, like, uh, for not to, like, personalize it, but, like, I am going to, neurodivergent. Um, certainly, I have a lot of qualms and thoughts about how I feel about myself right how I feel about myself and I think that Coco you were also talking about that as Mm -hmm. well totally as I might not feel attractive I might not like myself I might not like how I look but the fact is is that I as like a light-skinned biracial person fit within particular kinds of parameters within desirability I mean those parameters also <laughs> might work against me Very and might strict. <coughs> right might work against me and like challenge even inform the way i feel my about myself and might be like well i'm just fucking light skin that's why i'm attractive right but like also that is like so deeply personalized but that doesn't change the fact that like i have a lot of like inherent desirability privileges mm. i might be fat but i'm a certain kind of fat within black and white spaces, right? I have shape. I'm not fat, fat. I got curves, right? Mm. You're not fat, you're thick. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not ugly, you're cute. And like you've said in the past, like people come to you being like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I don't think you're fat. I think you're curvy. Yeah, and it's like, I could still be fat and Mm -hmm. still be attractive, but then also like what is attractive and like what does that mean and how does it fit within the realms of desirability? Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, again, like how I feel about myself has little to no impact on like how I am treated and I na- right and how I navigate this earth. Right? And I'm not saying I'm perfect. Like, listen, uh, looking back, and I've had conversations with you, and this is a little bit personal in some ways, but like I've been in situations with men, particularly white men, that have gone on way too fucking long in terms of how harmful they were, and the sense that I had to get out. And I definitely know the desirability had a, a play into how long I stayed. And I think that's a hard thing to reckon with as me as a black queer organizer who espouses certain politics. But I reckon with that and how I respond to desirability. And so I think what's difficult for a lot of us or not, I'll say a lot of us is like 
when you start to recognize that desirability is happening, I think some people go, well, then what do I do with it? And we've talked about this. Well, then I, when I am functioning within an institution, I have to make that institution hate me. I have no mm -hmm. other option mm -hmm. because as a light-skinned black person who I am a very quote-unquote approachable person until I'm not. You but get like access. I'm, yeah, I'm described as like funny and outgoing and, and you know, and like and that's not me pretending. That's actually how I hold myself. I'll often engage you, but I have to be mindful, right? Like even when I was saying, to when I posted being like, oh, I got a TA position, people were responding being like, oh, the hottest TA right and so like people are already like looping in desirability and so i see that i'm like okay so you're already telling me that like as a ta i might have a very different experience than some of my colleagues who are not considered quote unquote hot so i have to do everything to ensure for example that other students are coming to me being like well you're the best ta i have to be like well why are you saying that and you know again desirability can be a difficult thing to unpack but when you start to and you look around you like even we talked about like friend groups and and listening to how things function and we talk about like these washboard abs people with not who don't have a personality and people can say well you're shaming honestly sometimes little shame is healthy <laughs> because like how are you treating people and engaging people like this and you feel good about yourself in fact i would love a healthy amount of shame inside of you um, and if you don't have the healthy amount of shame, then I'm I'm happy you're listening because I'll put it inside of you. And I'm I'm speaking specific to shame. That's what's going on inside of you. So there's this interesting phenomenon. Did I say that right? Phenomenon, phenomenon, phenomenon. No. The only phenomenon I know is France. Uh, that <laughs> motherfucking part, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this interesting phenom phenomenon. This interesting France phenomenon. Where <laughs> so we're getting fucking bodied by the black community after this. They're like you biracials are up to no good always. <laughs> Where when a white person is being called in for some like violent, problematic, or weird behavior, they are all all of a sudden, quote unquote, a non binary. Which Listen, I get it. We are all exploring gender constantly and always redefining, rediscovering and asserting and defining ourselves. Um, I just think it's so funny that it happens specifically in moments of conflict. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, no, wait, now you're misgendering me. Mm -hmm. Stop. I don't like it. And it's like, mm, homie, girl, guy, they, them, them, us, him, us, shimmas. OK. They is. You're being weird. It's 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 getting weird, um, but with that, okay, fine. Like they, it, it could be a process, and like honestly, the onslaught of commentary, comments, DMs, messaging that is feels like and is misgendering could honestly be a lot. It's one thing to be said about in your day to day, what you might be misgendered. Maybe I don't know, like one to three times a day on a regular basis versus when you're being called in about something online where it's like hundreds, dozens or thousands mm -hmm. of people doing that. And I understand the nuances of that, but I think it also describes another thing that ends up happening where like white folks specifically um, start to like romanticize their marginalized identity. 
right. like where they dig in their heels. Like right. when, when you talk about this, I will never forget this interaction from my master's of social work program, right? At the quote unquote most critical and social justice oriented social work program. Which one was it? Uh, the blue, the blue, the, the or oh the God. red. It was formerly known as Ryerson University, right. um, Toronto Metro University, yeah, yeah. Uh, Toronto Metropolitan University, and so like, and in fact, some people have made the argument that it's the most social justice oriented, like in quote unquote North America. Arguably, that's fucking hilarious. And right, and that's and that's the thing. Like, it's such a joke, but like, it was in 2018. I remember it was like in November, so. Trump was doing something and it had something to do with trans folks. I can't quite remember. And we went to class like the next day and there was like one white non-binary person who was like, nobody messaged me when Trump made this announcement. Nobody checked in with me. And I'm like sitting there exhausted after getting harassed by some white passing indigenous professor. And I'm like, and I actually put up my hand. I'm like, if I had people message me every time a black person died i'd be exhausted i mean you did i mean 20 2021 2021 black swear moment fucking a year and a half later a little bit i know black people are still traumatized from that (laughs) like work oh well and see that's the thing is i'm just like the privilege and the way in which and i do use language of privilege i'm just like so you are experiencing something that is transphobia but the way in which you dig your heels within it is like so you don't recognize, even as someone who is non-binary, you don't recognize how whiteness functions for you. So you expect a room full of mostly black and racialized and indigenous people to suddenly message you because it Trump made Trump made a law, what? and it's and it's and it's as you're saying, it's like this. Oh, like, uh, I think it was was it the military one? Yeah, Thank you. So that's the, what it was. That's law, what it was. What the law is is crucial to your. Oh, uh, sorry, but also because a great fucking thing. It was about the military. Because it's like you are expecting predominantly like racialized folks to shed a tear because you, as a person who is, what, you said they were non-binary. Um, non-binary, yeah. Yeah, so you expect racialized folks and black folks and indigenous folks to shed a tear because now you um, – now there's a uh, Trump has returned a basically don't ask don't tell policy for the American military in the states, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, but um, uh, just miss me with your trans and homo nationalism mm. bullshit. Right. Like, so you want trans people to also kill children in cool. the Middle East? Yeah, come yeah. come to Iraq. Yeah, come to Syria. Yeah, kill more Arab people and be queer and fun and American. <laughs> you you know, Go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. You're just as trash as the cis heads. Uh, you're not part of my fucking community. I'll take the fucking homophobic Syrian over you. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm fucking saying it. I get Rap to hard. say it. Bra, bra, cancel bra. me. Cancel me. At least they're living in a war zone. I don't know what that's like. I'm mm. privileged fucking speaking English, living my queer life here. Mm. So you go fuck yourself, Mr. Boohoo. I can't join the army because I'm queer. What the fuck is this? I'm not going to shed a tear for that shit. And message you out of your way. And this and like and it was such like a like even in the moment, like if everyone fully understood what was happening in the school of social work at the time. It was such a juxtaposition of what was happening to the black law, lo- the black students at the time. Oh, right, like right, there was right, about right. ten black students in that room, and then another like. Wait, was that around this time y- when they were trying to get policed on? Yes. Campus? So I was yeah. also organizing against that, right? So all of these things were happening, and this it, because what this person was trying to do is, oh, this is my one moment of quote unquote oppression, 
and that's and that's what I, like when you're like you've seen me go through this experience of a conflict with a white person who then was like well i i'm actually now non-binary and I'm like, what does ha- that have the fact to do with that? Okay. That you're anti-black. They and are gross. Yeah. They are trash. What's <laughs> up? Like, welcome. <laughs> but does this not also relate with our conversation earlier about desirability? And yep. recall, um, Rachel, we were talking about how, um, you know, how I feel about myself is a, a, a mostly different story from how I am mm-hmm. perceived by the world because how I'm perceived by the world is what mostly dictates my experience and mm-hmm. my privileges. Mm-hmm. Likewise, if you decide now to come out about something, um, a part of your identity, it's not about I'm not here to say it is not my place to validate and validate whatever. It's not about me. I'm just here. But you coming out about it now does not nec- does not s- it it doesn't shift. It doesn't change the privileges that you've had thus far. Right. Right. The fact that it is an announcement and it's like, well, I'll have you know. Well, the fact that you'll have me know may imply that it's <laughs> been easy thus far for you, girl, or. Whatever. You know. <laughs> Sorry, I forget. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a hypothetical person. Well, but so also, but like, right. But you know, you get my point. No, though, it's right? like yeah. you have existed within the, the realm and the boundaries of a particular kind of identity. Right. For so long up until this moment. And now you're trying to what eradicate. A white of identity that? of gender. And I think this right. was the thing that was fucking me up. A gender these, these niggas created. Bec- well, and like, you got to remember, like, b- how I embody myself now is how I was embodying myself back then. Maybe a little bit more femme now. But I was, like, sitting there and I was just like, but you're a non-binary person, yes, but you're a white non-binary person. So even as you walk through the world, it is fucked up that you can benefit from sexism as a trans person mm. because you're being misgendered. However, as a white, non-binary person, as you walk through the world, despite how you as an individual might identify, the world is receiving you in a certain way. It's so like you can walk more freely. all the reasons that you're going to experience, quote-unquote, and honestly, real harm, yes. all the things that you are also going to experience privilege. Like it's, so di- it's so drastically different. I'm like, you get to walk around, like, I have spent the past year being like, am I non-binary? Am I not? Or am I just a black queer person who already exists in a world where gender never functions for me? So how like is identifying the mo- the linchpin of who I am or is it X, Y, Z? Whereas a whole bunch of white people who for seemingly are always doing this or not always are doing this during conflict or just afterwards identifying as non-binary. I'm like, wow, it must be nice. Right. And I've even like for me, I've even said if I'm going to step into being non-binary and identify that way fully, I feel like I have to actually know the history. I'm walking into a history of a people. And I think that's the other thing that pisses me off. And I'm just like, is so if you're non-binary, that doesn't mean the next fucking day you're a trans expert. But you're going to go sit on a panel and tell me what like that you have now unpacked all your internalized transphobia, trans misogyny. That the next day you're going to have unpacked all your trans misogyny, all your transphobia, unpacked all the ways in which you have benefited from existing in a certain way. And again, that's not to say that, you know, and and we're not talking about like trans quote unquote binary Mm -hmm. folks. It's like specifically trans 
non-binary folks, right? And then also, I I would validate more if you would identify as like a white poor person, <laughs> right? Like I would, I kind of fuck with that just a little bit fucking more. Right. You have a, a bit more of a like descent on. It gives you an understanding of class in a very specific way, whereas even often the people that we're talking about who like shift into being uh, like who who are white non-binary and identify during or after conflict typically are middle upper class. Mm-hmm. That uh, part. I mean, honestly, the lack of class analysis is for me a huge gripe. It's, um, it's weird how we're often so focused on identity and yet we've almost like, um, we've stripped identity class from identity as if they're separate things which mm-hmm. i've always found to be very peculiar um and convenient and actually mm-hmm. a function of a neoliberal state i mm-hmm. would argue um because you can reduce everything to identitarian categories where it's well, like i w- am and exactly mm-hmm. well i am this well <laughs> vote for this person because they're uh, Hillary Clinton. She's a woman. Yes, she may be a war criminal, but those were just the browns. <laughs> but she was a woman war criminal. So, you know, a girl boss. White feminism. Yes, girl queen. Yes, work. Pink hats and all of that. And, like, I think if you're listening to this and you're just like, okay, what class, what does class have to do it? Let me give you a picture. At the same time that this white non-binary person is saying to this, out of pocket, because remember, Doug Ford was closing the advocate's office. Out of pocket, I was paying to rent a car to go advocate for a black mother who was dealing with a specific situ- situation the same day that we're in front of the fucking legislature or, pro- um, pro- yeah, provincial I legislature. Remember. I remember. And so I'm going there, doing that, driving back at the same day that we out of pocket are paying for those materials because a white fucking woman would not fucking back us even though you worked for her. Right. And, so and then we showed up at a... Um, and a uh, uh, quote unquote protest, protest. <laughs> uh, right? Where so we n- named the list of dead black children, mm-hmm. and everybody went, "Well, that was weird." Yeah, everyone was like, "Well, that was a lot, right?" Mm. So, like, this is the juxtaposition where I'm just like, "You got to sit down in class beside me and say all of that," and in about 20 minutes, I have to run and do all of this. And I think you know, we're not saying Wait, that people. I peop- just want to like uh, add another ahead. even point to that with the the military system, and, and in terms of class it's like well another conversation could be had where it's like the the military industrial complex Mm -hmm. seeks to bring in poor people Mm -hmm. disenfranchised people they want folks who have nothing and to offer them everything quote-unquote everything they're always in rural towns and what Uh, high schools when they're here in the city Always the ones right. that are quote unquote underfunded or in quote unquote the ghetto or in quote unquote the hood. That's where they always the, in the states. The prison industrial complex and the military industrial complex actually have very close ties mm-hmm. and They're twins. Off, and so uh, they are twins, and people often don't recognize that. And what are both of those very much reliant on? Well, the people that they fucking prey on are well predominantly black folks let's be fucking real yeah. and predominantly folks who Latinx are Latinx in the US exactly Usually. yeah ex- but exactly. again if we look at and it's a class thing. data who are those folks impoverished exactly folks, but then exactly. also who tie into impo- to being impoverished are also fucking white rural mm-hmm. americans mm-hmm. it's 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 just i honestly i know i know perhaps this is reductive 
but I just can't get past the fact that whenever somebody wants me to show them any shred of sympathy over some wrongdoing that pertains to not being able to participate in a fucked up system, <laughs> I really don't give a flying fuck how society marginalized you because you are looking to marginalize others and to join others. What about the you fucking? Are, I am not going to build solidarity. Exactly. That's what you white NBs are doing. Right. So what about the fucking? All right. So like the. What about the queer fucking Syrians or mm. fucking um, folks from Iran who are fucking queer? Like Canada wasn't sponsoring queer Syrians to come across. Mm-hmm. Y'all rain- rainbow mm-hmm. railroad that and, and gave the littlest money you had to give. I mm-hmm. mean, also equally, a lot of those folks are now disenfranchised, mm-hmm. but yep. also mm-hmm. s- still not queer. Mm-hmm. It's uh. true. And and the and the communities and community supports. And organizations or grassroots organizations that largely support folks who are migrants or refugees. Oh, also queer run. I'm just saying for the most part, not great, but mostly those. Mm-hmm. And like I, if you're listening to this and you're thinking we're saying, well, white people can't be non-binary. I don't. Think I mean, I, th- I think you're so saying that. I, I, I don't <laughs> think that that's what I'm saying. But how white people experience oh, no, no. non-binary. Uh, white people can't be queer well i i'm fully i'm sorry i'm i don't believe that white people can be queer and you can take that up with me not in my dms because i don't care uh, take it to the altar <laughs> yeah because because you gotta test it someone else your white god um but like the way in which you are white and you're non-binary is such a fucking privilege like i sit here almost daily i'm just the like performance right let's but just be honest and like again like i, I wish people knew how many now. times i've talked to rachel about this i'm like i can't step into non-binaries because i've seen the way in which white people have stepped into it and uh, as a light-skinned black person i have to be mindful and i need to know what i'm stepping into and the fact that white people in conflict are doing that i think that like that's something for y'all to investigate why are your own people, well, I guess our white haps will hear this this episode. Well, you know what? We're going to step back. We're back. That didn't we're, last we're long. Back <laughs> we're back to black. You need to investigate. So why are so many of you are coming, are identifying publicly or not publicly, but privately with those you're in conflict with? Why are you suddenly identifying as non-binary when we were saying, hey, you just said the N word? Like, make the connection for me because right. I'm, I'm just a little confused. And the fact is, as as you were saying, Rachel, it's about the fact that you want to skirt accountability. It is. It's that. And, and I, I'm going to be anecdotal. I'm going to be anecdotal again and name that, like, for me, like, I identify as, like, somebody who is non-binary. I do say they, she, but the she is for black femmes, right? Because I cannot distance mm-hmm. myself from black femininity um, for so many reasons, which is, would also be a whole um, episode equally the folks who like help me to understand and to deconstruct and decolonize my ideas of gender were one trans femmes um racially it's kind of fluid i'm gonna lie i'm not gonna lie uh it was trans femmes and black non-binary folks and mm-hmm. not uh, non-black non-binary femmes as well who were like yeah this is what it is also this is what it is not and also bitch it's fluid right it was like white non-binds who were like no i don't actually think this is what you're understanding and for me it was like actually like i'm just like deconstructing this thing and you are now creating this hierarchy that i feel like i have to achieve Mm -hmm. to i have to look which also ties into like one desirability and two fatness 
right? And like the identities around fatness um, that you have now created a standard of beauty even or a standard of desirability within being non-binary. That Mm -hmm. the whole idea for me was about deconstruction. And so I saw this tweet once where it was just like, oh, it's so funny as like a non-binary person where you purchase oversized clothes to see more masculine. I'm like, that's so fucking funny because I purchase oversized clothes to see more feminine. So do you see why I'm having a problem with y'all? I mean, not the I'm studs. Not, right? not the studs. Not, no, but it <laughs> and, and the studs who are black <laughs> no, but it was, no, it wasn't a stud. It was it was white envy. No, what I'm saying is black studs, mm-hmm. I feel like, have been deconstructing gender within at least the lesbian or the sapphic community. Right? I don't know what those are. A sapphic? The oh, sapphic I'm one. not really sure. I'm pretty sure they, they say it's lesbians. I don't know. It's another word for it. Mm. Sapphic? Uh, don't look at I just said I I'm looking at two is. gays right now. I'm like, <laughs> what like y'all know about that? <laughs> We're like glazed eyes. I'm We're like, like douches? <laughs> douches? <laughs> Deuces? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I, I just think like it's such I don't want to be like it's such a quote unquote problem, but I actually do feel actually within organizing spaces. It's a huge problem. It has been happening so many times in organizing spaces. I've experienced in my personal relationships but I've witnessed it happen. And it's like such a big roadblock because like as people who care, we're like, well, I get a hold who you are. Guess what? You're, you're an anti-black transphobic person. <laughs> Welcome to your tape. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, oh my God, but you're transphobic. I'm like, no, I'm saying you're a trans person who's anti-black. Like I recognize you. Like I see you. Yeah. I feel you. It's, it's, to me, it's, it's a formulation of um, oppression Olympics. It's yeah, and it's a really rudimentary understanding of a really dumb idea that is oppression Olympics. And I say that because it's like they'll do something that's anti-black, and then they'll say, "Oh, well, just so I'll have you know, I am insert whatever." And again, I'm not in the business here to whatever, whatever that be that 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 may be. It's like almost like an attempt to soften the blow of their anti-blackness. And I'm like, this is not fucking arithmetic, girl. Like, you introducing how you're marginalized does not fucking erase or change at all that you were just fucking anti-black. So what is this fucking notion that this is going to, oh, I know what will help me. I'll tell them what I am, and that'll maybe make them hate me less. As if it's like fucking like anti-blackness minus non-binary white equals a little bit less anti-black. No, it doesn't fucking work that way. Get the fuck out of my face. It pisses me off. It's also the idea that like a trans. It's also the idea that like a trans experience is monolithic. Yeah. Right, and it kind of negates and erases the fact that there is still a hierarchy of privilege when it comes. Privilege is a, a we hate that word. word. Yeah, it's a strong but you have be- word. Like I, th- I use the word like benefits and then benefits, complicity. Yeah. You have benefits, complicity, and then you just work against. Like there's no you benefit, you're complicit, I mean, and like then and then you work against, and all of those things can happen at one time. Go I think ahead. I think sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I mean yeah. <laughs> I think we agree, and I think I just want to clarify for anyone listening that when and I can't necessarily speak for Ms. Shea, but I would say that you know my dislike of the notion of privilege is because often people's lens of analysis, mm-hmm. if I'll even, I think it's generous to even call it a lens of analysis, <laughs> frankly, honestly. So yeah, you share my opinion. It boils down to strictly 
privileged discourse. It's like as if it's a political belief or leaning or ideology to say, oh, well, such and such has more privilege because or this. Or such and, and like, such, I don't feel privileged. Exactly. And I'm like, the privileged discourse is not a politic. It's a way of maybe understanding things like notions that we've talked about before about like things like personal accountability mm. and, and you know your role in community you know as someone who experiences some facets of islamophobia but very rarely only when i'm crossing borders because of my passport <laughs> honestly let's be real i'm not going to be the loudest fucking person in the mm. room in a room of folks who are muslim who are you know organizing i'm gonna sit I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to listen and I'm going to do what I can to help. I'm not going to pretend I'm not going to weaponize those moments where I do experience facets of Islamophobia and try to take up space there. Right. And so this is what frustrates me is like notions of privilege are often used as if they are a cohesive set of sort of ideas that form a political ideology when in reality it's just it's just one helpful tool to understand personal responsibility and accountability in a specific space do not make that your understanding of current events of systemic and structural deeply rooted shit like anti-blackness like colonialism it's way more complex than that when i think like if you're a white non-binary person like let me break it down for you so justin trudeau allows you to access um, changing your birth certificate and your license so it can say non-binary but guess what? If you're black and you've experienced displacement, you don't have access to the documents to be able to do so. If you're black, you're most likely to be experiencing houselessness. So you are probably not actually having those documents to then go change your documents to then be able to access certain services that you, as a white non-binary person, and some services require you to provide unfortunate proof that this is how you identify. So also in all if these- you're a black woman, you're stripped from any- understanding exactly of, and then yeah. you try to and then if you well and this is as you were saying within your own experience and so all of these things happen and then you want to show up to my fucking class and tell me that i'm supposed to message you on a goddamn wednesday when i'm exhausted from trying to kick cops off of my campus to to C shut the fuck up cops to message message them about not being able to join the military <laughs> and express their gender <laughs> meanwhile the cops part like like that to me that you cannot leave that out meanwhile it's, i have the administration trying to get me off campus like, I'm like, All right, like go the off. hilarity and like just how pathetic that is i'm sorry <laughs> also by the way trudeau uh you get to call yourself gender x not non-binary fyi mm, it's just a, a devoid well oh yeah right yeah i mean, like, <laughs> I mean to saying. be non-binary is to be devoid of gender roles, but equally, gender X is it's it's still giving. It's the only third like option. A gender category in itself. It's it's, it's a catch-all for everything that isn't binary. But that's that's you know it's a. It, it, anyways, it's a, it's a conversation. It's a can of worms. We'll talk I mean about it. I mean, it's the same thing with Canada and their fucking land acknowledgments. On oh the my god. <laughs> It's like we acknowledge this land that we are killing indigenous women <laughs> every day, uh, but we acknowledge it. We're going to have a tourism expert from someone's workplace. Oh, here, so. my God. But but honestly, but you asked them about the calls to action. They're like, well, uh, land acknowledgments. That's not one of them, though. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> one of them, though. They are, they are acknowledging nothing mm. other than the fact that this is a, 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 they're not even saying colonialism. 
I think that Canadians really believe in the importance of the Canadian de decolonial. We can't say that. Uh, uh, I believe that Canada is a welcoming, inclusive space. We are all settler. Well, settler wait, we're not welcoming. I believe that you two can cross our border and pay for our food okay. and your hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, they're not paying. Oh, right, they're rich and white. Um, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, and on that note, you are so blessed to have listened to our voice and your eardrums. And if you want to know what you're going to do next, what you're going to do is buy, you're not going to do it, but you're going to buy a book. And I hopefully you do, especially around conversations of desirability, uh, understanding transness from a very different lens than the lens that we're actually using in this conversation. Um, it's a book called The Belly of the Beast, uh, Anti-Fatness is Anti-Blackness by Deshaun Harrison. Um, please go look at that and then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and on um, Discord? TikTok. We have a TikTok? Well, if you're listening to this, uh, at OK Work Podcast. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.